You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, our ghost host. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets Radio. I'm your host, Brandy Stark. Today we are quite excited because in honor of Halloween, we are going to attempt to take our listeners on a potential paranormal investigation involving either an urban legend, folklore, or an actual ghost of a cat that is said to haunt the Gulfport region of St. Petersburg, Florida. So what this entails will actually be taking the team doing an an actual investigation outside, attempting to see if anything records on our instruments, if we're able to make any form of contact with this cat, also trying to do a little research, and also trying to see if we can find people who have had cat encounters. So this episode of Paranormal Pets is dedicated directly to the supernatural, and uh, we're certainly looking forward to this rather unusual venue. So we will begin with our episode right after these commercial messages. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Hello! 
I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions, and they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us, but I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull ban, pet food, vaccines, religion, politics, and animals, cat decline, and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. And welcome back to Paranormal Pets Radio. As we started to say before the commercial break, we are looking into an investigation on a ghost cat. To start with, our research has shown really only one story involving the ghost cat of Gulfport. The primary research comes from a book called Ghost Stories of St. Petersburg, Clearwater, and Pinellas County by Deborah Fretham. The story itself uh, is under the section of Ghosts of Gulfport. Gulfport, for listeners not familiar with the Florida region, is a small, eclectic, artistic, and mixed community slightly south of St. Petersburg. If anyone was going to have a well-known ghost cat, Gulfport would be that location. So it's, uh, it's an interesting area to begin with. Uh, according to uh, our research, the spot is actually located outside. Now, this can be somewhat problematic for paranormal investigation because we will basically have to contend with the elements. According to newscasts, the weather's actually supposed to be cool and nice this weekend, which is a blessing because Florida has had 93 degree temperatures with uh, 90 to 100 percent humidity for most of October, and uh, it does not feel like fall here when you're sweating wearing shorts and a tank top. So we're truly hoping that we're going to get some nice, cool weather. We're also going to have to deal with outside noises, people, the ocean, cars passing. And, of course, this does affect things like EVP, which is electronic voice phenomena, where we will attempt to record and see if the cat responds to us. It may affect our instrument readings, EMF, electromagnetic fields, may or may not fluctuate depending on what the results are of our reading. And, of course, the other aspect is really that we're outside in the daylight. Uh, So... It's going to be interesting to see how this affects our photography. Uh, We have done other outdoor investigations, so this is nothing 100% new, but typically most people like to investigate at night because of trespassing laws and because, of course, we are doing paranormal investigation. We don't want to have a group outside possibly raising the wrong kind of attention. So we are going out during the day to the evening time periods to see what we can find. So... That is how we're going to kind of begin our investigation, and uh, I will attempt to include a few other Spirits of St. Petersburg members' comments as we go through. They can certainly add to our interview and uh, add to our experience. So that's the beginning. 
So now that you know what, uh, what we're looking at, I wanted to start with our primary contact for research on this investigation. Again, this comes from Ghost Stories of St. Petersburg, Clearwater, and Pinellas County by Deborah Fretham. The story itself is quite short, so I would like to go ahead and read it to our listeners so that they know, and again, this is how we start. And it begins... Right next to the Gulfport Casino, on the shores of Bocasiega Bay, stands a grave marker. It is not just a memorial, but also an actual gravesite containing the ashes of the deceased. However, the deceased is not a human being, but a cat. In 1970, a stray orange tabby cat became the cat who came to dinner when he appeared at the casino and never left. He bore a strong resemblance to Morris the Cat, made famous in television commercials for being finicky about his cat food. So naturally, the locals named him Morris. Although he was not allowed inside the casino, he soon became the official mascot. The staff made sure that he was well-fed, taken to the vet, and frequently petted and scratched behind the ears. Everyone loved Morris. His favorite activities were sleeping in the flower beds that surrounded the building and chasing little crabs and other critters down the beach. He lived at Gulfport Casino from his arrival in 1970 until his death in 1985 when he was found permanently asleep in the flowers in front of the casino. His many fans could not bear to part with the memory of Morris, and so his body was cremated and his ashes were placed in a pillar next to his favorite beach. Apparently, there are still many fans about. The pillar has fresh flowers or little stones or toys left next to the concrete effigy of Morris sitting at the top. That effigy was originally a lovely little brass kitty cat. However, sometime during the spring break of 2005, someone must have thought it would make a great free souvenir as it was stolen one night from the top of the monument. It was then replaced with the current painted cement figure. One can't help but wonder if any regrets haunt the thief. People often report seeing dust devils on the beaches. We believe some of these swirls of dust may be Morris out for his daily stroll on the beach, chasing some imaginary prey. He seems happy to remain here near his mansion by the sea. So that is the story, and this is what we're going to attempt to find out. Is it true? Is it folklore? Or is it an urban legend? Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Give your dog some thought. With Dog Thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims... It can read your dog's mind. No, it's true. I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's fine. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Greetings, human. What 
Planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. And welcome back. As uh, previously mentioned, the spirits of St. Petersburg went on an urban legend investigation trying to find the Gulfport ghost cat. And uh, this was kind of an interesting investigation. This is post-investigation recording now. So we did have four people who came, uh, four spirits members, Mary and Beth, myself, Les, and we have a kind of a fifth consultant member in the form of a little black pug named Odysseus, who also came with us. He was thrilled to actually get out of the house on a Sunday and to go to the beach. He was very excited. And what we ended up doing was actually pretty interesting. We did a series of research. We had the little story with us. We actually had to find the marker. We actually had to see if we could find people who had heard of the story. We did some equipment readings and uh, some sensitivity readings and and all together we wanted to see what the overall results were going to be. So basically I have one of our four members who came on the Urban Legend investigation with us and she's going to help fill in some details for us and uh, are you here with us Mary? Yes I am. Very good, and I appreciate you taking the time with us uh, this afternoon to help me talk about this urban legend exploration that we did. Out of curiosity, what did you think of the ghost cat? Did you have any pre-existing notions that we'd find anything? Well, not really. I had never heard of the story until just recently, right before we went on the urban legend investigation, if you will, maybe about uh, two or three weeks prior to that. Even though I've lived in this area for quite some time, I had never heard of this particular story. So I really didn't have anything preconceived. It's just, what do we find when we get out there? But mm-hmm. uh, we did talk to, to several people you know, to, that were long-time residents, as, as far as we could tell. They, they indicated that they were. 
that had heard the story. And those were pretty interesting. Unfortunately, while we did record many of the sessions, and I did attempt a recording while we were actually on the location, actually my prediction of wind <laughs> became a factor. Uh, it was certainly a beautiful day, uh, 11 o'clock, I think, or 12 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday that we went out there, but a lot of sea breeze, <laughs> and that really hits those microphones hard. And uh, unfortunately, uh, there was a small technical glitch, and the files uh, vanished, actually. That's, that is a first for me. Uh, and it was a little disappointing because I had an EVP session from the investigation the night before that also got swallowed up by the computer. But we did actually capture a few of those interviews, and I thought they were pretty informative. My favorite, I think, was the woman at the Peninsula Inn who said, you know, that she had heard of the legend. But then, basically, I think she added that uh, the cat shows up at night, which we had not heard at that point. The the ghost cat's shadow only appears at night, and uh, that was very new. Uh, that was kind of a surprise since we were there at you know, 11.30 in the morning now. And then she actually added a little bit. She talked about she's the owner and the manager of the inn and that uh, her ghost actually attracts cats, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then we proceeded to interview three other people. One was in a bar across the street from the location of the marker. And that individual said that she had never heard of the story, but that as I recall, I think there was another bar in the area that had a cat. Is that correct? Yes, that's, that's correct. And as I, as I remember that story, she said that that bar had a cat that was like their mascot. And that that's the only cat story she had heard. You know, and that, and by the way, I should say that cat was quite alive. So that was not the ghost cat that people were reporting seeing, but that was the only cat story she had heard. So that was our second interview, and uh, so that was kind of interesting. So that's uh, 25% of our <laughs> our poll had not heard at that point. And then we actually did try a couple other residents, and again, I think we also heard reinforced that the ghost cat only appears at night from another store owner, one of the gallery owners that's, again, uh, right next to the bar where we went in for the interview. So we actually did find a few residents and businesses, primarily that were open on Sunday, but uh, and while we heard other ghost cat stories or cat stories, and folks seem familiar with the ghost cat, I don't think anybody actually said they saw it. No, as I recall, no one has ever seen it that we talked to. Nor I don't think <laughs> knew of anybody. If they did, they didn't indicate they even knew of anyone who had. So it, it appeared to be that everything was a word-of-mouth phenomena. But it, it was interesting to find the marker. Was the marker what you thought it would be? Because I don't think it was what I thought it would be. No, it, it really wasn't. I was, I was very surprised at the marker, actually. And I'd, so we did find I, I wasn't looking for that particular kind of marker. So it just kind of, you just, but there it was, right by the edge of the casino where the cat is supposed to, you know, it was, his, I guess, his earthly home. Well, it was, it was kind of funny, too, because I know when we first got there, all we have is this verbal description, and that's part of the problem with doing urban legend investigations is that, you know, you just have bits and pieces. So we went to the left of the casino, nothing there, the right of the casino, and it was actually a really hard marker to find. I can't remember who saw it first. It might have been less, but it I imagine kind of a, you know, a pillar with the bronze cat on the top or something like that, which is kind of the description we were given. And then they talked about a concrete cat because the original pillar had been stolen, or the original cat statue, and when we got there, it was this uh, maybe about four feet tall, and it was up against a light post. <laughs> so yes. it was actually hard to find, and this little concrete cat was not very big. So once we did find it, I thought that was interesting, and I know we took some readings. Les reported, you got nothing, <laughs> which is always fun, because Les is one of our 
technical investigator who found very little there. And in fact, the only energy or EMF that electromagnetic fields that were produced were the ones that we have a, a new device and it's called an EMF pump, oddly enough. And this little pump actually puts off EMF. And the idea is it's supposed to be either a beacon for ghosts or it's supposed to give them enough energy to, to communicate, which I'm not quite sure I believe yet, but we'll find out. We've only used it twice now. And uh, I think Les confirmed that indeed it does give off EMF and that was the only EMF that he got there. But it was interesting because our one of our sensitives, Beth, was there with us that morning and she actually had a bit of a vision. And, and I don't know if you remember that, but I thought that was kind of interesting. She saw an older couple walking across the boardwalk and somebody bent down to pet a what she said was a cat but uh, she said I don't know what she actually did not know the urban legend story because she wanted to go in unbiased and uh, she said I don't know what the cat looks like but it's a gray cat with black stripes which I thought was interesting because that would be yet another ghost cat story because our cat is supposed to be Morris the cat (laughs) and uh, would be orange with black stripes so overall I don't know what did you think of the overall outcome with this investigation what's your, your assessment of what we found well, one, I would have to assess it, and I think that it was kind of a, a group consensus that this is, in fact, an urban legend. And uh, so I think that we all came to that conclusion. We could find no one who had a first-person uh, story that they actually seen, seen the cat. So we would almost have to go with an urban legend on this. And as I recall, some of the markers, exactly as you're describing, no first-person accounts, usually word of mouth. You know, I was curious to, to wonder if it was maybe local folklore, but you did say it's definitely an urban legend. Well, I would say say it is. It's actually it's, you know something that's alleged to be true. There's just enough plausibility to it that, well, maybe it could be believed. You know that this cat was here for so long, and and that would certainly keep its spirit in the area. Um, it's it kind of varies in the telling, which we you know which we definitely found out, mm-hmm. and it uh, circulates by you know by being passed from person to person. You know they that apparently they the stories told in the community. But it also has one of the, I think, the hallmark characteristics in that it's attributed to some trustworthy secondhand source usually, and which would be like, not necessarily in this case, but similar to this case, in the fact that my uh, cousin's hairdresser had this happen to them. You know, it's always somebody's somebody that had this happen to them. It was never a direct source. And I think that this is kind of what we have here is actually an urban legend. Excellent. And I love your cousin's hairdresser idea. It's perfect. That is a friend of a friend uh, yes, type. That's exactly of- right. <laughs> So, well, I know uh, for follow-up, because we normally, actually, the Spirits of St. Petersburg always goes back and rechecks our findings. I think what we're planning to do is to to try and get there at night. And I'm going to try and see the next time if we can try for a live recording. I don't know if there's ever a time when that ocean isn't going to be a problem. (laughs) But I think it would be interesting for listeners to actually hear the follow-up. And, of course, now the next problem is that we don't know what time the cat shows up, which I think will be kind of an interesting thing to, to try and determine. But apparently at night is what we're told, and I don't know, I'm not quite sure if we've worked out all those details yet, but I'm I'm sure we will. And then, of course, I did send out to some of the newspapers that we are looking for people who've heard of the Gulfport Morris, the casino cat story, to, you know, kind of start keeping track. I don't know if they'll publish it or not. Newspapers can be a little funny about the paranormal, but uh, I thought that was worth a shot. Maybe we'll get some more feedback, and maybe we'll actually be able to learn from people what time he shows up. Do you think there's anything else that we need to do for this urban legend to actually say, yep, there's no question 
question now. It's totally an urban legend. Well, no, I think so. I think that there's not anything else we probably could do because we're changing the time of an investigation to the evening when the cat allegedly appears. We're also publicizing, you know, trying to publicize into the community for stories about this this cat that we may or may not have heard already. I don't know how much else we could could really do. Again, like you said, the the wind will be a, you know, could be a factor. But I think Sunday it was we had a front coming in, so perhaps the wind was just a bit stronger than it normally would have been. So we can only hope that if we go back at night, that that will be the case. It'll be a lot calmer. Right. Yeah, that is the problem with outside investigations in general is that you just don't know what you're going to get with that weather. And you are right. There was a, and it was a beautiful day. <laughs> so we can hope gorgeous, that we get yes. <laughs> you know, a nice calm night. That would be very, very good. Well, I want to thank you so much for helping me out with this and for actually adding to uh, a little bit about our Gulfport Ghost Cat. If people out there have heard of the story, you can go to the Spirits of St. Petersburg website, which is www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com. When you enter the site, you'll see that there's a, a list of links, and one of the links is to our Urban Legends page. It's kind of a sadly neglected page. We, we kind of try to pop out and look at uh, ghostly urban legends whenever we can, but this being October, the month's been, you know, pretty active. So, But if anybody has heard of the ghost cat uh, and would like to leave their story, or if they've heard of ghost cats in their neighborhoods and locations, that actually might be another way for us to determine that it is an urban legend if we find replica stories, uh, kind of like the vanishing hitchhiker idea that we find from one city to the next. That would be a great thing. So, as always, if you are curious about the paranormal, please check out uh, spiritsofstpetersburg.com. And, uh, of course, I must always plug, and I'm very happy to say Mary understands this now, uh, (laughs) Pug Rescue of Florida. Uh, Absolutely. Yes, they are still struggling with a lot of pugs and few funds, and it just seems like every day we get more. Always remember, please, to support your rescue groups in uh, whatever area that you're in. There are a lot of wonderful pets that need homes, and uh, the rescue groups are always concerned and always take the time to make sure that pets get good homes. So I know that Mary is a living testament to that now. So otherwise, we thank you for listening, and we look forward to our next episode on Paranormal Pets at PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.